Welcome to a brand new college football episode of the Bull Tape Podcast. Before we get too into it, remember, go back, listen to our NBA season preview. Came out yesterday. It is. Uh, it was a fun one. It's a long one, but I think it's worth the uh, ride. I think it's worth it. Um, a lot, of, a lot of fun predictions. We talk about some of the opening action that we've had in the NBA already, and uh, kind of where everybody stands, where our favorite team stands, and who's going to win it all. I mean, we know, we know it's a Bulls Clippers finals. Just yeah. question is how we're going to get to the Bulls Clippers finals. Absolutely, I mean, all the, the excitement along the way for what <laughs> looks to be truly a fun NBA season. Um, but with all that being said, let's get right into college football here. And this was the best weekend of the year. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, this, this, was, this was our ultimately really a great weekend. And uh, again, what I can't stop calling one of maybe the best year of college football I can remember in a very long time. It, it's getting closer to 2007 vibes. It's, it gets closer yeah. every single week. And um, there's a certain game in three weeks that could make it even better. Absolutely. Um, but. This past weekend, we had Michigan and Penn State go into a top 10 matchup in Ann Arbor. And really, uh, Michigan controlled this game all the way through 41 to 17, the final score. And it was 418 rushing yards for Michigan that really established uh, how they got the job done. I mean, they only threw for about 150 something yards, yeah, I believe. 145. Um, even, even less than yeah, that. Exactly. They threw for 145 yards, but. I mean, they just pounded the ball, and this uh, this may set up a game plan for how to beat this Penn State team that you know suffers their first loss here. And if they can't stop the run, uh, their season may uh, you know for their big hopes this season may be gone. Yeah, and you, my key, my main key with this was number one the fact that how close this game was in the first half when it wasn't even close. Like the first half, Michigan was up 16-14 at halftime. You looked at all the stats and stuff. Michigan should be winning that game by three touchdowns at halftime. Yes. It was Penn State had one eighty yard, like one sixty yard run that set up a touchdown and then a pick six. That's all they did in the first half and really all what they did in the game. So, but no, you're right. Penn State needs to be able to stop the run. And that's why I have them a little bit worried about this upcoming weekend. They're playing Minnesota. Granted, it is at home, but. Minnesota's a team that likes to run the football. Yeah. So th- I'm not I'm not saying they won't win. I'm saying that that could be a scary one because we talked about it with Penn State every year. They always play in a big game and they lose it, and then they always lose a game to a team that they should beat. Yeah. And, and this is setting up to be one of them. You those. know, I, I hate to say that I, I predicted this, predict but that. I have kind of been talking about it the last couple of weeks. This was the spot in the schedule that sets up for that typical Penn State year. And uh Boy, it's it's going to be an exciting uh, kind of to see exactly how that Big Ten shakes out because right now we've got Illinois at the top of their division. And Illinois has to play Michigan in Ann Arbor later this yes. year, so that could. Um, so on top of their division right now, it looks like they might run away with it by a mile, but obviously you've got the Ohio State-Michigan tie at the top right now, and now Penn State sits a game back. Um, so it's still going to be interesting to see how that side shakes out for rights to play Illinois yeah. as of now. I mean, but also you got to give credit to Michigan. I mean, this was this was dominant from the get-go. Absolutely. I mean, the the shift in the game was when they got a fourth down stop on Penn State. I think it was third quarter, got like a fourth and one stop. And then I think it was either one of the two running backs that ran over for over 150 yards, took like a 60-something yard touchdown run. And I was like, they, they won the game right there. They don't even have to play the rest of the game. I knew they won. So, I mean – Michigan, it's a very simple formula for them. Really good defense, focus on the run game. That's how they're going to beat you. And, you know, that should have Ohio State a little bit worried. 
Absolutely. right now because of what could happen as we always know whenever they play at the end of the season. Um, I, I mean, I know they won the Notre Dame game, but look at the look at the recipe that Notre Dame used. They ran the ball pretty well when uh, Tyler Buchner struggled, and they played really good defense to keep that game close exactly. the whole way through. And uh, honestly, you know what we've seen from Notre Dame this year with a loss to one and four Stanford this past weekend. What was it? Not- I saw the stat. It was like I think Stanford and Marshall's only wins against like Division one teams was against Notre Dame. I think I saw. Wow. I think it's. I know Stanford is one. I forget. There's another team. I don't remember for sure if it was Marshall, but it. But it's someone like that. I'm sorry to make you feel bad. I, sh- I just had to bring that up. No, I, I completely understand. It's it's been a been a really rough year. Um, but uh, you know, obviously Michigan is better than Notre Dame at yeah. running the ball, Clearly. at defense, just overall as a team. So. Yeah, that that definitely does set up some fears. And Ohio State's been getting better throughout the season, but that offense still obviously not quite in sync like it wants to be. And it, they've got to get going for the end of the season. And also, you know, we talked about it last year with Ohio State. They really haven't played anybody. Yeah. They played Notre Dame, who, no, again, no disrespect when I say it, at the beginning of the year we thought was an elite team. But they, they've, they've definitely faltered. They've definitely faltered. I mean, besides them, the best team they played – I mean, they played Arkansas State, Toledo, Wisconsin, Rutgers, and Michigan State. You're expected to dominate those games. Yeah, those are all wins. Those should all be wins. Easily. And then they have Iowa this weekend, which we if you've paid any attention to college football, th- this should be a walk in the park. But, I mean, they only have two tough games on our schedule, which is Penn State, which apparently I now learned is not the wideout because it's going to be the Fox Big Noon kickoff game, which is just – dumb uh and then michigan at the end of the year so it's kind of similar setting up the way it was last year where they really haven't played anybody and yeah. in those last couple of games you wonder if that could hurt them going against michigan at the end of the year yeah and it did hurt them last year they lost that game michigan is in the college football playoff and they looking in from the outside um so definitely uh has the has the feel of last year absolutely then let's uh, take a look at uh, Syracuse staying undefeated and beating NC State, their biggest win of the year, and they look more and more legitimate by the week. They they really do, and you know, granted, of course, everyone's going to say, "Well, Devin Leary didn't play in this game." Blah blah blah. NC State's injured. Well, guess what? I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Uh, listen, NC State, even without Devin Leary, is still a very talented football team. Let's get that out of the way. They are overall a very talented football team. However, he does make them. Elite, but also without them, they're still very good. But Grant, Syracuse, they shut them down on offense. They shut yeah. them down while their QB did make a couple mistakes in the game. You know, wasn't that was one of his probably his worst games was yes. the game this past weekend. Uh, Schrader, I think is how you pronounce it. Garrett last name. Schrader, yeah. But the run game has been their main thing. Had nearly 200 yards rushing against them. They controlled the clock and played really good defense. And now, I mean, this game weekend, my, this game this weekend. If, if Syracuse wins their game this weekend, I'm I'm calling it's 2007. All yeah, if um, if they can win this weekend, truly pandemonium if they take down Clemson and uh really you know it's it's just been um throwing the ball uh, as well as they have is really effective. I know the two interceptions, but 210 passing yards, 16 for 25, He's two with it usually. Yeah, he he just throws the ball well, and then a solid running game, 179 yards rushing. Um, really just a great game all around for Syracuse. Um, yeah, again, they just they look better and better uh, week by week. But, I mean, this is their biggest test. I mean, yes. everyone said Syracuse hasn't played anybody. This is their chance this weekend. Yeah, they're, they're, in, the, they're in the gauntlet right now. They played <laughs> NC State. Now they got to take on Clemson at Clemson. So it'll be very interesting to see how this Fortunately, game Fortunately, it's an 11 a.m. kickoff, and those are always – 
you never know. Those are, the early slate of college football is always where the most upsets happen. Absolutely. Late night, sure, of some mid afternoon, some, but the early slate is when everyone's you know just waking up. There's so much going on that like you might not even see it. So. I'd, I'd keep an eye on that one. I'd yeah. keep an eye on that It'll one. It'll be an interesting game to watch. Could really set up an interesting ACC uh, picture. Um, Would it be? It'd be Syracuse, and then who's leading the who's leading the other division for the ACC? Um, is it Wake Forest? I want to say it's Wake Forest. Oh no! Oh, actually, it's North Carolina. North Carolina six and one. North I forgot Car- about that. Uh, yes, they've uh, risen and uh, gotten back into and that. Wake Forest, Clemson, and Syracuse are all on that side. Oh, okay. I forget. I forget about their divisions. It's a good it's, thing. It's, it's a good so thing weird. they're getting rid of them after this year. Yeah, so. it's a it's a whole weird structure. Yeah. You never really remember who's where. But yeah, so right now it would be if Syracuse would be set up for Syracuse, North Carolina. You'd think it'd be the ACC tournament. Yeah, I thought <laughs> it sounds like uh, ACC basketball we're talking about here. This doesn't sound like football. <laughs> Um, I need it. I need it to happen now. Now that I know North Carolina's, I need it to happen now. Yeah, that's yeah. that'll be uh, exciting. <laughs> Only thing that'd be better if it was like Duke, yeah, Duke, and uh, I think. Well, I think Duke and North Carolina are on the same side. It'd be like Duke and Florida State. No, not Florida State. Wake Forest. Duke and Wake Forest would be the ideal one. Yes, that that would be a, a surprising one. Um, but let's carry into easily, easily, easily the game of the year. Um, this was. One of the, the this was the best football game to watch this year. Um, too bad it was honestly, only- it's honestly the best football game I've seen since the probably the LSU Alabama game 2019. Yeah. Joe Burrow's Heisman. I was probably it's probably the most entertaining game I've had to watch since then. Uh, I mean, it, it it really had everything uh, thrilling all the way down to the very end, and Tennessee sneaks it on maybe the ugliest kick. I've ever seen in my life. I thought it was a miss. I, me, whenever I, I was watching in my house, I remember I saw the kick and I saw it go up and then I saw it start going. So I was like, oh my God, they blocked it. And then I like started, I like started, I was like, oh my God, they blocked And then I saw the ref put his hands up like good. I'm like, wait a minute, that went through? Yeah, I, I actually <laughs> laid down in defeat and I peek my head up and I'm just like, well, overtime. And I look up and there, everyone's going crazy. Fans running on the field. The, uh, the, the, the pictures are, and the, the, so that whole scene is what college football is about. The whole yes, scene from absolutely. that and everything that followed, that's that's what college football is about. Yeah, um, and I, I think the big thing to talk about is maybe the least clutch player in the history of college football, Will Reichert. Um, yeah. When this guy has big kicks in close games, he cannot knock them down. You'll see it time and time again. We saw it against yep. A&M. We saw it in this game. And it's just I I don't know if it's the pressure or what, but if he had been if Alabama was up by twenty points and he had been asked to hit that same field goal from that same spot, same situation in the game, he could have knocked it down easy. Yeah. But it, I I guess it's just the pressure that he just can't get it done. But this is something we see constantly say, with yeah. Alabama this teams. The, I have said this for years. Nick Saban's great coach can recruit great talent. He cannot recruit a kicker to save his life. He can't. I don't. I don't care if he made like a fifty-two yarder against it. Then the games that it mattered. My big example: the national championship against Georgia, where they won on like in overtime. Still, chip shot field goal to win overtime. The kick wasn't even close to going in. It was the worst hook on like a potential game winning yes. field goal I've ever seen. Then. Auburn, Alabama, twenty. I was just about to say that maybe the most infamous missed kick in off college football, the kick six. That's literally what's cost like Nick Saban like like two national championships potentially. The one this year, twenty thirteen, and 
Well, they ended up winning in 2011, but even that game against LSU, that was one versus two. Yes. I think, what, like four missed field goals in that game by their kicker? So, I mean, that's the one thing that, that they can't do. But also, I need to say this. Bama, I'm hate to say this, Bama's defense in recent years had gotten love because of Nick Saban. I'm telling you, that defense went out the window when Kirby Smart went to Georgia. Yeah, yeah. It, it's really falling apart, especially in that game. The way – I mean, it was constant. I would flip onto the game, and Hendon Hooker's throwing a 70-yard touchdown over and over and over to again. To Jalen Hyatt. Absolutely. Can we talk about that Heisman, Heisman candidate right there just from one game? Yeah, I, I mean, that was an exciting performance. One of the greatest receiving por- performances I can think of in recent, recent college football catches, history. Catches 207 yards, five touchdowns. He only had one catch that didn't result in a touchdown. Uh, I mean, that's <laughs> that's actually crazy to think about, and it's just the way this Tennessee team is rolling, it is going to be exciting yep. to see where their uh, future and, takes them and, and that Georgia yeah, game. Yeah, I was about to say, they have a really easy game. I think it's like some like Tennessee Tech school, and then Kentucky at home the next week. They win those two. Potentially, we're looking at a one versus, depending on how the AP rankings go, and depending on what the playoff rankings are. Because I think that game's after the playoff rankings come out. Potentially, we could have a one versus two matchup in Athens. Yeah, and I've I've already seen. T- did you see ticket prices for that game already? No. Cheapest ticket price six hundred bucks for that game. In Athens. Well, I can't say I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah. So so I'm saying Tennessee, the the thing with Tennessee, they haven't had this type of experience in a while. So the key is they have to win these next two games. Otherwise, that one in Georgia is not as important. Yeah. And everyone forgets about Bama because they knew you failed. The Kentucky one's going to be the tough one because Kentucky's going to have Will Levis back. They'll be more healthy in two weeks. That's going to be the game where if they win that, it – it's gonna be. It could be crazy in Athens. Yeah, it, it could get absolutely wild. But I also do feel bad for whoever Bama's got to for whoever's got to play Alabama next, which is Mississippi State. Yeah, it, I'm pretty sure Bama's gonna annihilate them. Yeah, and really <laughs> Mississippi State. This is a big situation for them. They can get a win, put Alabama to two losses, two SEC losses. That puts them in a big spot in that side of the SEC. And then you look at, of course, Bama, Ole Miss still having to play this year. Of course, Mississippi State still has to play Georgia, but still they have a chance for it to work out where they could play Ole Miss on that Thursday, uh, Thanksgiving night like they always do, where that could potentially be for the SEC West, maybe, which would be absolutely insane if that did happen. So they have a chance, but – I, I'm I'm not confident in them doing no, it in I, Tuscaloosa. Um, but now let's carry into another exciting game going on at basically the same time as this Tennessee-Alabama game. TCU and Oklahoma State. TCU takes down OSU 43-40 to um, in double overtime. Really, this was a big statement win for TCU to show just how legit they are. And also, I mean, it's a great comeback win. Yes. Uh, down 24-7 in the second quarter and to come back and win that game. But also, number two, why were both these games on at the same time? Why couldn't this one be flexed into prime time? Yeah. Because it deserved to be flexed into prime time for more sure. than Clemson, Florida State. Uh, so I'm just going to say that. But also, I mean, it was just a, such an impressive route because the way that game started, I was like, Man, Oklahoma State, you know, they might be yeah. for real with the way that started. But credit TCU, they they never they never gave up. They kept on fighting. Max Dugan, get once again, another really good performance. Yes. Did a really good job running the ball two over two hundred yards rushing. And of course, we got to talk about Quentin Johnston, the best. Probably, if it wasn't for that uh, Jalen Hyatt performance, I'd say he's the best receiver in college football. Yeah. So. Uh, you got to give credit to them, but also, I mean, Oklahoma State, this is a game that they had 
and they were in the driver's seat to get revenge for last year, coming up two inches short of the playoff, yeah. two inches short of a conference title, and then this happens. So, But, I mean, TCU is in the driver's seat in the Big 12, which if you would have said that to me whenever they joined the Big 12, that they'd eventually be in the driver's seat, I'd be like, yeah, right. But, but here they are. Here and, they are. And they're making things happen big time. Um, really exciting to see them play. And like you said, it, it was a great performance by them. And it, really, it, down the stretch in that game, it felt like every time Max Dugan threw the ball, it was ending up in a receiver's hands. Exactly. I know there was the one play near the end of the fourth quarter on the driver. They equalized the game. He throws the ball high to his tight end, and the man elevates way high, gets hit, comes down with it, and then comes up with a touchdown on the trick play the very next play. Yeah, I was um, – let me just say also, I was watching both. I have two TVs from where we're recording, one in the kitchen, one in the living room. I had Bama, Tennessee on the TV in the living room and that on here because I, I was just trying to watch both at the same time. It was an insane finish to it. And again, now TCU in the driver's seat where if they win the rest of their games, which they have a tough one this weekend, uh, they could be a sneaky playoff team, which would be just insane yeah they'd be the equivalent of a cincinnati if they can make that run yes absolutely and i'm honestly all here for it same um and let's get into our last little talk game recap of the week and that's a utah stunning usc 43 42 and really my big takeaway from this game is uh usc really just kind of lost it at the end and you know this they get their first probably legitimate opponent this season and they falter, they fall by one point, but uh, my big issue was the play calling on the very last drive. Yeah. Not much time left. I, I think Lincoln Riley was looking too deep every single play, and not to mention the officiating yeah. giving uh, USC every so chance. About, in yeah, the they had like what? Like how many seconds did they add back at the end I of the game? I believe like- they added five seconds back on the pass interference interception play which i've never in my life seen officials go back and stop the clock in the middle of a play that they continue to let happen exactly and then give that time back that'd be different if they you know the time runs down let's say it runs to zero they call the pass interference usc would still get one play yes because it'd be one untimed down so yeah that 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 infuriated me. But I mean, also, it ripped yeah. away the strategy from the play, really. When you exactly. look at Utah, they know they've got the pass interference, but you're telling your guy, keep running. Exactly. Stay up as Run long around. as you can. Give them as little time as possible, only for the officials to go and give them every single second of that back. Uh, I, I was honestly disappointed, not to mention then the full start. And then they still went back and added a couple more seconds exactly. a little bit later in that game. And uh, it was really just a, a frustrating situation with the clock. Felt like the Packers in London against the Giants. <laughs> um, the I've never seen this is probably the most in a, a year of football I've ever seen the clock be messed with this much, especially for two teams that have been the huge favorites coming into you the know, season. The London one, I'm going to give them a little bit of a break because it's London. That one, I'll give them a break. This one, there's no excuse no, for that. This is, uh, I mean, this is just a routine yeah. big uh, Pac-12 game. Exactly. But also, I mean, we got to discuss with USC. We have both said we did not understand USC being ranked highly yet. We didn't say they weren't talented football team. But they got to prove it. They have to prove it. And they one time they played someone, they did not prove it. But also, I mean, Utah, I mean, this shows just how good Utah is. And it infuriates me more yes. with those. The UCLA one, I understand that one. If they would have just came in with the loss to UCLA, I'd be like, that's understandable. UCLA looks scary good. But that Florida loss, I mean, that's it. Just you look at what you, it makes you think what could have been because yeah. what we said start of the year was there. If they won, 
their game against Florida, they, they won the rest of their conference schedule. Their toughest game would probably be USC. And they won that game. Exactly. It just it, it frustrates me. But at the same time, Utah is still in that Pac-12 race with only one loss in Pac-12 play. So It's not over. It's, it's not, not it's over. It's not over. It's probably over for their playoff chances, but to win the conference and get back to the Rose Bowl, yeah, they still have a shot at that. I mean, you think about that, that could actually upset the balance of the playoff picture. If they win the Pac-12, Oregon, USC, UCLA, Washington. Uh, I mean, not really Washington's in the playoff picture. RIP them for two weeks. Yes. We <laughs> but, you know, the teams that have been at the top, all those teams, I mean, I to me, I don't know how you could not take Utah because of their two losses, but then take a team that run, comes runner-up exactly. in, in the Pac-12. So, I mean, y- you win this conference, and even if you don't make it to the college football playoff, you've eliminated Four, three, four teams from that race and give yourself a better shot. And of course, yeah, their last one at Oregon. That's their second to last game of the season. Really, their only super tough game left, though. They're at Washington State tonight. So that could be very, that's a yeah. very tricky one because Washington State's a fun team to watch this year. Yes, they have put up a fight uh, weekend. And I'm, they put up a fight against USC, made a USC sweat a little bit. At exactly. The end of that so game. I think they should be able to win it. But that Oregon game, if they can win out, like we said, this could be. This could cause some chaos in the Pac-12, which honestly, with the way it's been, would not I wouldn't be surprised. With yes, it. I'm honestly here for it. Um, but now let's let's dive into the AP poll a little bit and kind of talk about you know where everybody stands. Obviously, the the big movement happening in the top five, we get Tennessee moving into number three. I, I like that. I don't think they should have moved up to two or one. I, agree. I like I like them going to number three. I agree. Um, Michigan. Reclaiming that four spot from Clemson and Clemson dropping back down to the five spot. This was a move I really liked. Clemson looked unconvincing against Florida exactly. State. Yeah. Um, I know they ended up winning the game a little more handedly, but that first half yeah. it was, was way too close. Sorry, I was trying to watch. It was Mariners and Astros that went to like 18 innings, but at the same time, I'm keeping up, I'm like, Florida State? Could Florida State? Florida State's hanging around right happen. now. What's, what's going on? But yeah, I 100% agree with that because Michigan just ran through a top 10 opponent. So. It's not. It's not hard when you think logically. Um, and then Bama coming in at six. You know, it, mildly disappointing seeing Bama at six because you know you want to see them tumble, but it makes sense. They played against the number six team in the nation in Tennessee, and they only lost by three points. They so pretty much had them flip, flip spots. Yeah. Tennessee. They, that's pretty much what they did, and that that makes sense. Yeah. But at the same time, I do. You know, I do wish they would have dropped more. It's, it's hard to justify a drop of more than three spots out of the top five. Yes, but at, out of the top ten or even the top six, I, I re- it's hard to justify. But also, I mean, another thing we got to discuss here with the way these rankings are, Georgia, let's say Georgia, Tennessee, Bama, Ole Miss all in the top ten, all in the SEC. You know, let's say they all finish 11-1. and one. Do you, There's a possibility where this we could have a four-team SEC playoff, which yeah, it's it's a kind of a crazy setup right now. But you're you're absolutely not wrong about. I mean, that. I'm sure everyone will hate it, but at the same time, it's your faults for letting this happen. But also, it'd be intriguing with Tennessee and Ole Miss, though. I would say that. Yes, here's what I would like to say. Okay, if that manages to happen, you would have to think there'd be a massive push this offseason to get that 12 team playoff in oh, state. Get it done for this next this next because upcoming. there's already a lot of urgency to do it. It looks like they're going to try everything they can to get it done for next season. But this, I, I you talk about that situation, which is honestly incredibly realistic with the way the top seven teams look. 
Um, if that were to happen, I would think there would be a massive push from every other conference to get that done as fast as possible. Um, then we look, you know, talk about Ole Miss at seven, TCU all the way up to eight after that big win, UCLA in the top 10 at nine, Oregon out of nowhere. They're in the top 10 with the way this season started that massive loss against Georgia. I want to be known. I was high on Oregon at the start of the year. You were, but then the Georgia game happened. So I kind of quit back, but I still meant what I said on it. Their only loss. And this is what's going to make their resume look halfway better. It's like, they finished eleven to one. Grant, they got their butt well, but their only loss is to the number one team in the country. Yeah, that is a that's a, a big push for them, and it could allow them to maybe be a four seed and set up a big rematch with Georgia in the first round of college football playoffs. But you know, it, it, that may be a good thing, maybe a bad, bad thing. thing. <laughs> we don't know. With the way they're playing right now, they might might be able to give them more of a True. fight. Um, Oklahoma State dropping down to eleven. I would have liked to see USC drop a little bit Agreed. more than to twelve, but I, again, we're you're not really going to be able to win with the call with the uh, AP poll right now with USC. Um, Lake Forest, the slow climb. They move up one more spot to thirteen. We're so I, close, I, Lake I, Forest I, Nation. We're so close. I feel to top like 10. No one's talking about them anymore because they lost to Clemson, but they're still a five and one football team. They still have three ranked opponents on their schedule to end the year. And and you look at if Clemson is to lose two to Syrac- games, yeah, and also they if yeah, let's say Clemson loses to Syracuse, Wake Forest hosts Syracuse at the end of the season. Could be a huge game, which would be you know Wake Forest Syracuse. There's you a basketball matchup yes. right there, so, <laughs> a crazy basketball so, matchup. So they they still have a chance. I think very much so they can win out and go eleven and one. Yes, and if they do. And there's a chance that they could win that side of the uh, the. I ACC. mean, you think about here's how they could do it. They go 11 and one. Clemson goes undefeated. Clemson loses conference championship game while Wake Forest sits at home. They might then get a chance to the college football playoff. You're absolutely right. It it'll depend on how the the rest of the season shakes yeah. out. But it, it's definitely exciting to see Wake Forest, who I've been rooting for since last year, is a little Man bit has of been an a underdog. Wake Forest believer for a um, while. But we've got Syracuse sliding up four spots. I really would have liked to see them go up a little bit more as well, but they did put them over 15, which is where NC State was coming into that yeah. uh, game last week. I do so, like that. Um, I do like that. Utah, back into the top 15. Penn State slides down six spots. And I, I feel like that's fair. Maybe even a little. I honestly thought they would have dropped a little bit more. I did too because it, it, just, it just wasn't a close game. Kansas State stays exactly where they are. Uh, they have they've been still. They haven't moved in a long time. And like. their law, their only loss this year looks a whole lot better when we get down to the bottom of the rankings. Their yeah. only loss looks a whole lot better now. It does for sure. Um, you've got Kentucky starting to rise back up in those rankings. Uh, Texas rising again. Cincinnati staying put at twenty one. North Carolina after the way they started looked shaky for them this year, but now six and one. Like we said, right now they'd be in the ACC championship. Um, this season is definitely not over for the Tar Heels, <laughs> and that's crazy enough to say. NC State dropping down eight spots to 23. Mississippi State drops big down to 24, and I think that's rightfully so. While Kentucky is a good team and can make some things happen, that, that was a game they had to win. Yeah, and, that was a game where if they would have won, that Bama matchup would have been whew, increased even yeah. more. But now 
No one thinks they have a shot now. And like you said, that Kansas State win looking a lot better because at number 25, you got Tulane. The green into, waves. Into the top 25. Uh, you know, let's uh, let's add another team to the list of teams I didn't think I'd see in the top 25 let's, this let's, year. Let's think of the list. So we got them. Syracuse. James Madison. James Madison. Kansas. Oh, my gosh. There's, there's so Kansas much. Kansas State. Yes, Kansas State. I mean, there's, there's so it's, – it's insane. It's uh, insane it, that, it's, they're, that they're here now. And again, TCU. Yeah, TCU as well. But, all, I mean, their schedule, it, it's so good. But like I said, they're, they one of their wins is against a top-ranked opponent now in Kansas yep. State. And the way this sets up, of course, they're only lost to Southern Miss, which that one was just kind of uh, mm, tough. But the way it sets up, they're not – Southern Miss isn't in a conference, an American Athletic Conference. So, <laughs> if they went out to the end of the season, Cincinnati – they're playing at Cincinnati final game of the regular season, the Friday after thanks the Friday after Thanksgiving. That could be for the regular season title. And that could be maybe something where you see them playing the season finale and then play like a week later in the conference championship. So Yeah, and you have to think right now, Kansas State's the biggest Tulane fan out there. Oh, absolutely. Um, they are begging them to move to keep on winning. Because they're five and one right now. Their only loss is to Tulane. And if Tulane keeps winning, Kansas State keeps winning, Kansas State Let's let's throw a hypothetical at you. They go undefeated. They win the Big Twelve. Tulane wins the American, wins the American Championship, and they're probably ranked. They've got to be probably top twenty at that point, yeah. maybe. And you've got Kansas State. Their only loss to a ranked opponent, maybe top twenty. They might be a college football playoff team. You never know. But also, we got to talk about. I think because I think you skipped over them. Illinois moved up six oh, spots to absolutely. eighteen. Because I skipped the line on. And I mean, they're moving up there, so that means that game against Michigan in a couple of weeks, if they can win out till then, that that might that might be the biggest part become a new big game of the season with that one. Because think of what that'd be for Brett Bielema. Yeah, for that one. But they're at Nebraska, which. That's a that's a tough one because Nebraska's actually been playing kind of decent since a certain person was let go, but then they play uh, Purdue the week before the Michigan game. That's the trickiest one for me for them because up to this point. Do they? They, they always get a, that one win. They have a tendency to steal a game that they don't belong in, and uh, it's looking a little bit scary for Illinois right now. But you win out, you beat Michigan. Beat Michigan would be a miracle in itself. Yeah, you win out though. You make that Big Ten championship. Against a, one yeah. loss, you play maybe Ohio State, maybe a one-loss Michigan, maybe a one-loss Penn State, maybe a one-loss Ohio State, depending on how this season yeah. kind of shakes out. <laughs> but you get that. You win that championship game. Again, the golf football playoff picture is kind of wide open, even with these teams sitting down here. I've lost 18, this is like the 19. sixth team that were like, they have a path to get there, yes. which, is, which is crazy, but it's so true. Because if Illinois wins out, one of those is against a top five team. Yeah, they win the big. They win that. Win the Big Ten championship against Ohio State. Yeah, how can you deny them? Exactly. I I I couldn't deny them. Their only loss, granted, is to Indiana, which at the very start of the season, you know. And also, like I've said before on here, penalties cost them that game. I think some questionable calls exactly. maybe hindered their performance to win. Um, and maybe if some of those calls had gone a different way, we might be looking at a seven and zero Illini football. Team. Maybe so, but yeah, this is a. I, I love to say this top 25. I, I really love it. Yeah, uh, really, it, I, it, it feels it would be like... better if Arkansas was in it, but understandably not. So They're they're almost there. They're, they're climbing their way back. But uh, honestly, I, I really usually, 
it feels like when we get to this point in the season, there's a lot of complaining still left to do about the AP poll, but it feels like this year, really, they've kind of had it right. My, again, but the biggest gripe we've had all year is USC, and that, that still remains at this point. Yeah. I think 12 is a little bit too high for them right now. We'll see what happens, but really with everything else, it's not like I think that USC should be out and somebody else should be in. So I think this is the right top 25 teams. And you think about it, college football playoff rankings coming out, I'm thinking about like, like almost 10 days, like 12 days, like yeah. almost a little under two weeks till those rankings come out, which of course we will react to and tell you whether they're good or bad. Yeah. If they surely, they cannot be as bad as last year's. Last year's was infuriating. Uh, yeah. It, it was actually painful to watch. Oregon was a top three team, but yet they're, they lost to a mediocre Stanford team. Yeah. The- <laughs> That was a uh, that was a tough one. Eventually, they got it right in the end. But True, they, it was it was a tough start last year. Um, but now let's go ahead carry in to the bet of the week. Brought to you by Betstamp. I'm kidding. Although I I would do things for that sponsorship. Yes, um, I, I would do things. The line is open. The DMs are open. The emails are open. Let us know. I can I can just pay I can pay you money to sponsor us too yeah. if you want. We, I did anything to slap the name on there. I mean, if we get it, we get that sponsorship. Everyone's like, "Whoa!" Whoa. You know, like that's Saracen, really. <laughs> but uh, this bet of the week, this week, I, I th- there were some intriguing bets for me this week, but I, I settled on mine. But let's hear yours. Let's hear well, what you got. Let me say this isn't one of my three, but I just want to say this one is one that I would consider. Uh, LSU minus one and a half at home against Ole Miss. I really really, really like LSU in that game this weekend. It just feels like a trap game for Ole Miss in Baton Rouge, 230 on CBS. I would really like the Tigers in that game. I'm not saying that's the one I'd pick. That's one of the ones I'd pick, but that's one that I could see. So my three, I like Kansas State versus TCU on the over at 54. I like that. Granted, they're both running football teams, so you could see it maybe being the under, but they're both very explosive running teams. So I like that. Number two, Syracuse plus 13 and a half against Clemson. While Syracuse may not win, I think they can keep it, they'll keep it within two touchdowns. Absolutely. That's, that's pretty much making money right there, I think. And then my number one one, which when I saw the spread for this game, I could not believe it. UCLA, six and a half point underdog versus Oregon. That one, the fact that it's that big of a difference right there, I mean, I have no choice. And I really like UCLA. So I would, I, I'm, I'm my main one, UCLA plus six and a half against Oregon. Yeah, uh, I'm going to stay right in that game with you, UCLA and Oregon, but I'm going to go with the over here, like over 69.5. Uh, UCLA has been an explosive team all year, and when Oregon's playing this best football, they're scoring a lot of points. I think this one has a recipe to be an offensive shootout, and I, I think you're making free money by exactly. going the over in this Pretty one. Pretty much any bet on this game, like either the UCLA one, you're, you're going to make money on this game with one of our two bets from Yes, it. Uh, I just think that's free money. But now let's carry into those game picks, and we'll keep it right on the UCLA-Oregon talk. And who you got taking this big game? I mean, number one college game day's in town for it, which is the first time they've been to Oregon in a, in a while. I'm trying to think of the last time they went to Oregon for the game. I want to say it was Marcus Mariota was there the uh, last time. I was just about to say Mariota, maybe. Yeah, but uh, this might be bold, but I like UCLA in this game. Not only that, I like UCLA big in this game. I think they win by double digits. Uh, I'm completely, I'm completely with you in this one. Um, like, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm not even like, like, didn't even have to contemplate. Like when I saw it, I was like, I'm like, 
you know, I have to go. I think UCLA yeah. dominates in Oregon. Yeah, uh, Oregon, they, they've started to kind of have a, um, you know, revive their season after that slow start. But really, UCLA has played so well all year, and they've been rolling. And it really looks like Dorian Thompson-Robinson is finally comfortable in that uh, Chip Kelly offense. And really, he's looked dangerous. He looks like everything he was supposed to have been exactly. this whole time. And uh, I, I just, I, I, I don't know how you can pick against this guy right now. Uh, easily, yeah. Was not a hard pick for me at all. No, not not at all. Then, in our next matchup, <laughs> boy, oh boy, this is going to be one I'm going to be watching very, very closely. Syracuse, Clemson. Uh, oh, who you got? Yeah, uh, man. This is I, a tough one. I, I want to, I really, I really, really, really want to pick Syracuse. I really do. So so screwed. I'm going to pick Syracuse. I like uh, it. I like it. I, you know, because I said last week I did it for Bama Tennessee. I was like, I really really like Tennessee, so I'm going to go Bama. So I'm going to switch it up. So I'm switch it up. I really like Syracuse, so I'm going to go Syracuse. That's what for I that like. one. So, That's what I like to hear. So, so, I'm assuming you're going with them too. Uh, got- absolutely. You know, I I the dream season. We got to keep it going. Yes, I'm actually famous for picking against Clemson at this point, and I talked about it earlier and then i was like earlier this year and i said but this time clemson loses and then they didn't lose but this time they do lose <laughs> let I me think say Syracuse this if this wasn't done. an 11 a.m kickoff this if, is if, a different if, game if, if this is a prime time game on abc i'm sorry I would, I would pick Clem, i would pick clemson to cover honestly yeah but an 11 a.m kickoff that just that feels odd to me so it's a it's a weird for this caliber of a game to exactly. be played that early. That, that's what's got me thinking that. So yeah, I, I like your where the thought process is at. And our final game, Kansas State versus Texas Christian University. This is going to be a, a thriller, like we talked about earlier. It's going to be a, a lot of running the ball in this one. So who you got? And you know we talked about that the matchup last week was the last undefeated left. These are the last two undefeated teams in conference play meeting up. So. <laughs> Again, back to back weekends. TCU's playing for full. This one's for full control of first place in yes. the Big Twelve. And like I said, I do like the over. I think this is a high scoring game. And I don't. I don't know why. I really. I really like Kansas State here to win on the. I just. I'm, I'm worried. Oh, TCU after such a big win like that falls back a little yeah. bit at home. I really do like TCU, and I'm. I know I'm picking against them back to back weeks, so that means TCU will probably win. But I. I don't know. I just I really like Kansas State in this game. It's no it's no no thought process, no yeah. logical reason. I just I like Kansas State. Yeah, uh, I kind of similar motives to you. Uh, I just kind of going off emotion here and just kind of how it feels and how this game's set up. Um, I'm gonna go with TCU again, like I did last week. I I just really like the way this team operates. It, they've been exciting to watch, and right now it just seems like they are on a different level, a different plane, and kind of the way they've just kind of found it. It seems like they just have clicked as a team. They're in stride, and I think they might be able to just find a way to take advantage and get the job done against Kansas State. But with all that being said, that's going to do it for us here at the Bold Take Podcast. NBA episode came out yesterday. Make sure to listen. NFL episode will be coming out soon. And that's Austin Raider. I'm Austin Hill. And we want to thank you for listening.